I want you, we're going to look at Luke chapter 1 and part of chapter 2 this morning. It's about 80 verses. So, <clears throat> we got time. I want you to look at this differently than normal. Because there's something very important that's seen in this passage that's never talked about. And it's that God uses many different people to accomplish his will both in time and in eternity. When Jesus was going to come to earth and die and be born and die, that took multiple people to arrange that, to make it happen and to make it effective. Many people were needed to bring Jesus in as Savior. God could have just said to Mary, get pregnant and on you go. But he didn't because God always uses people to accomplish his will. What did Jesus do? What was the last thing he did when he left? He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why? Because he wasn't going to send the message. He was sending a message through people. God raised up a church and he told the people, you attend church, not just for your own good, but to encourage and edify the other believers. A lot of people drop away because nobody's encouraging them. They go to church, they meet nobody, they know nobody. And so there is no growth. And that's the way God made it work. A church was to come together. People were to use the gifts God gave them to help each other. And they were to encourage each other. That was the basic reason God gave in the scriptures to attend church. He uses believers to accomplish his will in the world. Which means he uses us. If someone needs encouragement and you know that. He wants you to do that. If someone needs um, money because they're poor, he wants you to give your money. God could just drop it in their bank account. God doesn't need us in a sense, but God uses us. When you get to heaven, you know that you're not going to sit on a cloud and just float around for eternity. God has a plan. We're going to judge angels. That's part of the plan. We're going to have things to do. God did not create you and put you in a world not to work. Work is the first thing he told man to do. Take care of the garden I planted. Okay, God, we can do that. Uh, and then after people, uh, after he created Eve, he says, now I expect you to bear children. Why? Because he said, I want this planet full of people. We got 8 billion. We still have billions of acres. We still got tons of room. We could take more than 8 billion. Uh, the unsaved say that's enough. God doesn't. God said, fill the planet. So who does he need? Well, we're all old, so we're not much good to him at that point. But he needs younger people to fill the planet with children. So they will fill the planet with children. That was God's will. And how can God do that? He needs people. So for Jesus to come and die, he needed people to make that happen. So I want you to look at these verses and realize your place in God's plan to bring in a new planet, a new world, and eternity. Luke 1, 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. God needed Zechariah and Elizabeth because 
they needed to have a son. And that son had something to do with how effective Jesus' ministry was going to be before he died. So Zechariah was important to God. One man, his first man that was important, and his wife. They both had to be together in this. But you notice God said something special about them, because I'm going to bring this up about something later. They were both righteous in the sight of God. They were perfect people in God's eyes. They observed everything God told them to do blamelessly. They didn't have to. They wanted to. That's the difference in blameless. A lot of times people just do things because they have to. These people wanted to do what God wanted. So the first two people that were necessary for Jesus to come and, and die for the sins of the world was Zachariah and Elizabeth. The problem is the son that was supposed to be born, they were childless because Elizabeth could not conceive. Why was that? Because they were old people. So out of all the people in the world, God chose an old couple that couldn't have children to have a child. God decided who he wanted and he didn't care about the other things involved because he could do anything. So Elizabeth couldn't have a baby. So it was time for Zechariah to do his work as a priest. So once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving a priest before God. He was chosen by lot. They cast the dice and it happened to be his turn, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn the incense. And when the time of burning the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And then an angel of the Lord appeared. Now here's the other thing. He needed Zachariah and Elizabeth. He also uses angels. He doesn't just use people on earth to accomplish his will. He uses angels who come to earth and accomplish his will. So an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zachariah saw him, he was startled, gripped with fear. Yeah, you probably would, and I would too. Somebody just, boop, appears. And <laughs> Whoa, dude, this might not be good. We don't know. The angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you are to call him John. So he had been praying for this child. Now, he, I, he, I suspect by then he had given up. They were old and they couldn't have kids. But God can do anything. So he told him, this is, this is an answer to your prayer. He will be a joy and delight to you. Many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink. He's going to be a Nazarite. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. So before this guy was ever born, the Spirit of God was in him. He was God's person. So John, Elizabeth was necessary, and Zachariah was necessary, and an angel was necessary, and John was necessary. God uses people to do his will in this earth. He will bring back, and here's what John was going to do. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. So John's purpose was to prepare people for Jesus. Why did God do it? Because that's just the way God works. People need to be prepared to hear a message. 
people need one of the things that you have an ability to do in life is if people know you're a Christian they look at you and decide what they think about God um, one of the problems we have in our country right now is Christians in politics matter of fact I don't even like talking to Christians about politics because Christians are angry, irrational, and, and they're just crazy out of their mind when it comes to talking about politics. They're not prepared to tell their neighbor about Jesus because the neighbor's mad at them for what they said about the president or the senator or somebody else. You have an impact upon the people around you, whether you speak to them or don't. They look at your life if you claim to be a Christian. And so John was here to get people ready the right way to meet the Savior. And that's what God wanted. Make people prepared for the Lord. Now, remember what he said about Zacharias? He was blameless, and righteous, and perfect in his time. He was the perfect, righteous man. So here, listen to what Zachariah does. He, Zachariah, asked the angel... How can I be sure of this? Zechariah, you're supposed to be a righteous, godly man. What are you doing questioning God's word for the angel? I'm an old man, and this was his problem. I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. We can't have children. That's what's in his mind. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. So the angel says, I stand right before God himself. I'm telling you this is what God has said. And then he goes down and places judgment upon Zechariah for his unbelief. The interesting thing is God is using what was a righteous, perfect person, but he lacked faith. So you would have think nobody's perfect in every area of life. But God will take care of even that. So he says, now you will be silent. You will not be able to speak until the day this happens. That's nine months. God shut him up for nine months. Because this is before the boy was born. This is before she would gotten pregnant. This is before the baby came. You're going to be not able to talk. Why? Because you did not believe my words. I'm still going to use you. You're still going to do my will. But there's a consequence for not believing me. And this will come true at the appointed time. Meanwhile, the people are waiting for Zechariah and wondering, well, why is he so long in the temple? When he came out, he couldn't speak to them. That's because the angel said he wasn't going to be able to. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them, but he remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she remained in seclusion. So, everything's working like God planned. I'm going to have a son born on this planet. I'm using these two people. They're going to have a son, John. And this is going to make everything work good. And she said, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man, Joseph, 
a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So now we're getting past Elizabeth and Zachariah into Joseph and Mary. They were necessary for Jesus to be born. So don't think sometimes that you can just pray and everything will happen. God expects you to do something too. You can be praying that uh, somebody um, gets encouraged and God's trying to hint to you, go encourage him. God can give you somebody that needs some financial help and God's saying, give him some financial help. Because God uses people to help people. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Now they figured Mary is about 15 or 16 uh, in that age bracket when this happened. How they figured that, maybe because that was a general time girls would get married and have kids, who knows. The Lord is with you, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Wondered what kind of greeting this could be. What's going on here? But the angel said there, Don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Can you imagine all of a sudden an angel's telling you, you're going to get pregnant, and you're going to have God. He's going to be the Lord God's He's going to be the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. He's going to be the new Messiah, the reigning King. And His kingdom's never going to end. Can you imagine that being what God says to you? And you're, what would you do? If this was Zachariah and he'd heard this, he'd already show where he would do. Now let's look at Mary. Mary asked the same type of question, but not with lack of faith. Her question was, how can this be? And she'll explain that in a minute. Mary asked the angel, I'm a virgin. I'm not married. I don't know anybody. How can I have a kid? That was just she just wanted to know. It wasn't lack of faith. She wanted to know. So the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the angel says. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One born will be called the Son of God. And then he gives her a little encouragement. Mary, you're going to have the Son of God. I'm not married. I'm a virgin. Come on, angel. You know, how do we get around that? So then he gives her this little help. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. So he told her, and she said, well, you know, how can this be? She wasn't doubting. And he gives her a little help. Elizabeth just got pregnant. If she could do it, she's beyond childbearing. If this is no problem, because God says it's going to be. So what did Mary do? I am the Lord's servant. Whatever you want, so be it. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her, and at that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her room, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. 
Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. So she goes to see Elizabeth because the angel said she's pregnant. Elizabeth then, with the Holy Spirit in her, encourages her. Hey, this is going to be true. And she encourages her. Why do you even come to see me? I'm nobody. You're you're bearing the Son of God. I'm just bearing John. He's just going to help somehow. I don't know how a pregnant woman can do this. But she said, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Okay. We've had kids, and you can put your hand on your wife's stomach, and the baby can kick you. (laughs) I don't think I ever felt a high five on her stomach from the baby inside. It's just, you know, there's no, and I don't think you, I've ever, um, and I don't know any woman who's ever said, my baby's laughing right now, it's really enjoying what you just said, but, she knew, she's, the Spirit of God let her know something was going on inside of her. The baby in my womb leaped for joy, and she said, blessed are you who has believed that the Lord will fill his promise to her, that you will have the Son of God, even though you are a virgin. So, Mary was encouraged by this woman. I mean, she could have spent all her time just talking about her baby and how she got pregnant, what God was doing, not even being concerned about Mary. But God picked the right people to help each other in in this process. And Mary said, now through this whole next section, 46 through 50, Mary's basically quoting scripture. Mary, as a young girl, knew her Bible. God just doesn't give people things to do um, without giving them background. So she knew as a young lady what the Bible said. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he's been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. So, she knew she was going to be called blessed. Now, if you're raised a Catholic, the Virgin Mary is the most important person in the Catholic Church. Matter of fact, they pray to Mary as opposed to even praying to God. And there's a reason for that. One of the reasons that was given years ago is that you pray to Mary because she's a woman. And everybody knows if you want something, you go ask mom, you don't ask dad. (laughs) In other words, dad's probably not likely to give you what you want. So the idea is if you go pray to Mary, she's a woman. She's going to give in. She's going to give you what you want. I'm going, that's the worst logic I've had anyway. It was one of the reasons they say they do that. And, uh, but this lady was going to be called mighty. Why? Because of her faith. She believed in an impossible thing. And God picked a girl who know the, knew the word of God. And when, when Mary heard other things said about her baby coming, the Bible says she pondered them in her heart. Mary was serious about doing what God wanted. And She just says, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. She knew her book. He 
has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from the thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent away the rich empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. She knew what God had said for the Jewish people. He's coming to help Israel. I just talked to somebody this morning before I came here, and they were, some of these people have to, I don't know where they come from. But anyway, he was telling me we were talking about uh, why, about the war between Israel and and, uh, the rest of the world. It's not just Hamas. The world hates the Jewish people. So he was saying, well, you got to understand the news. These really aren't Jewish people. They're not really God's people. Well, then who in the world are they? Nobody hates Italians in this world. I, I, I can't say that. I'm Italian. And I was in church, one of the churches I had. And we were talking about getting married. His, one guy's daughter getting married. And he comes up and says, my daughter will never marry an Italian. <laughs> what that got to do anything? Why do you hate Italians, fella? I mean, why else would you make that statement? But he made that statement. People hate the Jewish people. The people in Israel right now were the chosen people. They don't know they know that even, but they're not willing to buckle down to God, and therefore there's a consequence for not buckling down. But they are the Jewish people. They came from Abraham. Generations of them. They can prove their generations as, as much as anybody can. Because he promised them that he would send them a king. And he sent Jesus. And they didn't want him. Jesus died for them. And they didn't want him. But the day's coming when he's coming back. And they will want him. And the nation Israel, the city of Jerusalem, will rule the world. And the world hates that. And they've hated these people for 2,000 years. doesn't matter. God is still going to use them to bring this world, to bring the Savior the next time. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zachariah. That's what they did in the Bible times. Everybody got, I'm named after my dad. My dad was James Kenneth Roberts. I'm James Kenneth Roberts. Uh, my second son is named Kevin James Roberts. Um, we pass our names on um, to kids. And that's what they did. But his mother spoke up and said, no. He used to be called John. They said, hey, nobody in your relatives has that name. Then they made signs to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. To everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Because that's what God said. Immediately, his mouth was open. His tongue set free and he began to speak. You know why, you know why he said John? Because he knew if he didn't say John, if he said Zachariah, he would never speak again till he died. He'd already got hit once. He wasn't going to play that game. So he said, oh, his name's John. <laughs> Not a problem. Meaning his mouth was open, and what did he do? He began to praise God. All the neighbors were filled with awe throughout the hill country of Judea. People were talking about all these things. Everybody who heard it wondered about it. 
What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His, Zachari- his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. That last final statement has been true for thousands of years. I'm always amazed at people that hate Jewish people. I'm always amazed at people that don't hate white people. Um, I had, in Vietnam, I had, uh, I've had a lot of black friends. And we landed on a hill and I didn't want to make a bunker that night. So a couple African-American boys came up to me and said, uh, you, can, you, can sit, you can stay with us in our bunker. Yeah, I, I can sleep. No, no, come on, stay with us. So I stayed with them. And uh, after the next day or two, um, somebody saw that was with these African-American guys. And he says, you know why you like black people? <laughs> what does this have to do with anything? He says, because you don't live with them. If you lived with them, you wouldn't like them. And I says, I live with light white people. I like them, some of them. Come on, man. You can't make that kind of judgment. You can't base a judgment of liking people on external things. If that's true, then there's millions of white people I hate. And I'm never going to talk to another white person. She can't do that. And, uh, but the Jewish people, they have been hated forever because Satan runs the world and he has put in the hearts of men to hate God's people. And they hate the Jewish nation because one of these days the Jewish nation will rule the world. The Messiah will be coming out of Jerusalem. Salvation from our enemy. He knew the Bible. Zechariah should have. To show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. So he was coming, so there's Zachariah and Elizabeth, Mary and Joseph, John, he's the one going to prepare the way for the Lord people were necessary to get to that point because God uses people to accomplish his will to give people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising of the sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace and the child grew became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel so God was preparing his son to come. And he used these God is preparing people to be helped in this community, maybe in this world. Do you know that you run into people all the time that don't live around here? What kind of an impact do you have? I was I was talking earlier to Greg about you guys are putting a sign back up. Well, before the last guy ran over the sign. We, we had to sign out there twice and people ran over it. And it was by the cross. The last one was uh, uh, three kids from Mexico were coming up, traveling through the country. And an elk ran out in front of them and they decided to miss the elk. So they ran, okay, here's our driveway. They ran over the bank 
and they were going fast enough they hit the sign and it was an eight by eight piece of wood they hit and broke off the sign there were three eight ways but they hit the outside one and uh, they just <laughs> took it out and then I'd replaced it already once before that because somebody else took it out we could put a steel post in or concrete, but that just wrecked the car worse. So that, it's good to stick with wood, something they can shear off when they hit it. The state police told them, don't miss the elk next time. Hit the elk. There's less damage than if you go off the road. So things happen. And these, these kids, uh, I had a good talk. I had a good time with these kids. They came from Mexico and hit our sign and got to hear about God. Now whatever happened to them, I don't know. There are people we had on our sign before it was knocked down. I used to put, um, I had uh, eight inch letters and we put Bible verses out there. Every week I'd change the Bible verse. People would drive by this church all the time and either call me or write me a note and say, man, that helped. You never know what you can do that helps somebody. Sometimes people are suicidal and they would read a sign and hey, I don't need to do this. So, what is God using? He's using a sign that somebody set up and put a verse on. So you don't have to be some great evangelist. You just have to be somebody that says something to somebody about what God has done. And you will never know where that person's going to end up. Because God's using you to get his word and help to somebody else. So, here's another man he used, Caesar Augustus, and he wasn't planned on being used. But in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was necessary to get Mary and Joseph to go where? To Bethlehem. They had to be in Bethlehem because Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem because that was the prophecy. So, this Roman... He decides to make this census, so you got to go to your hometown. Well, Joseph had then to go there. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. So she gave birth to her firstborn son. Now, he had to be buried, married... Um, born in Bethlehem. So God arranged it, had a, a Roman make a law, and then they, they had to get up, travel by foot and donkey. He was by foot, she was on a donkey. From Nazareth to Bethlehem. He had to do what the government said. Why? Because God had to make a law to get and back in Bethlehem where every, God uses everything and everybody to accomplish his will. So you have angels coming up. There are shepherds. They're going to do something. There were shepherds living in a field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, hey, don't be afraid. I'm going to bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord, the promised Messiah. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in a manger. When the angels had left them, they'd gone to heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, Hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened. They believed what they were told, which the Lord had told them. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Then he got a bunch of shepherds scattered all through the countryside Hey, the Messiah's coming. The Messiah's born. The Messiah's here. And that prepared everything for when Jesus was going to be born. And that goes on. Jesus is uh, going to be consecrated and circumcised. And we have another man God's going to use. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was on him. He was waiting for the Messiah. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now get this. Here's a guy that God made a promise to. You will stay alive until Jesus comes. This guy's an old man by now. He's been waiting a long time. But God made him a promise. He was part in all of this that was going to happen. And he was a part of God being faithful to fulfill his word. Simeon, you're going to be here till the Messiah comes. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Can you imagine? Let's get this whole picture. Zechariah, Elizabeth, Joseph, Mary, shepherds, all kinds of people involved in this guy's life, because he can't die till Jesus comes. So they made all these people necessary to bring it to this guy who's the final guy that says, you promised me this, you kept your word. I'm ready to die. God is a faithful God. He will use, he wants to use you. He has to use you. There are people I believe that don't get help in life because we aren't doing our job. People that suffer because we're not there to comfort people that don't know about God because we spirit nudges us to talk and we don't talk. God isn't going to do things without you. He never does. Never has. He always uses people. And one last person that doesn't say much about was Anna the prophetess. Daughter of Peniel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. God brought this woman up to this story of people. She's 84. Seventy years, let's say, she did nothing but fast and pray every day. There's dedication. The woman was dedication. God brought her up. It didn't say anything about what she did. Outside of that, just that. 
And uh, the child grew at the end of verse uh, Luke 40 and became strong, was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. So I want you to think about the story of Jesus' birth and think of it in this light. He wouldn't have been born. He wouldn't have died. He wouldn't have risen again. He wouldn't be in heaven and forgiven us unless these people did what God asked them to do. God could have done it all without them, but he doesn't do that. I was talking to my brother the other day. I gave him a bunch of child evangelism stuff because they're starting a good news club. And they don't have the stuff, so I had the stuff, so I gave him the stuff. There and there's my brother's two years younger than I am, so he's 74. And uh, he's starting to teach kids at 74. Do you know why? Because when my brother was a young boy, he was saved in a good news club, which is what child evangelism does. They get kids and they teach them the Bible once a week all through the school year. And uh, so that's what they're doing now. During the school year, they're going to teach kids once a week that will come to their house about Jesus. And he's doing that because somebody else did that that he went to and got saved in. It could have been my, yeah. My mother taught child evangelism. My grandmother taught child evangelism. I gave my brother three generations of child evangelism material. My grandmother's, my mother's, my wife's. They all did this. And you can't tell the hundreds of kids that they had impacted over that three generations of people. Because God uses people. It never seems like a big deal. I just, told a, I just told a kid about Jesus. And he trusts him. And, well, now he's a preacher. Or he's a missionary. My brother was a preacher. My other brother's a preacher. Out of five of us boys, three became preachers. That God raised up. Two of us were saved in good news clubs. By a, people who don't even remember anymore don't even know. We were seven, eight years, six years old. But God used somebody to tell us something that we believed and then we tell people something and they believe. You get to do the same things. Maybe in a different way. Maybe God uh, just gives you the ability to be compassionate. A uh, pastor in the church I was at helping him. He says, you know, there's a big difference between Pastor Jim and me. I never let him live this and get I never let him believe this. This is his statement. He says, Pastor Jim has compassion on people. He says, God never gave me that gift, so I'm just hard. I'm sorry, dude. You can't use that excuse to be hard and tough on people. Compassion is what God gives all his people. Uh, but he he always as a pastor, he was what we call toxic. He was just hard on people. And uh, we had people leave the church and tell us, you know, I, 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 can't, I, can't, be, I, I can't deal with this guy because I'm no good. I'm making me feel even worse being no good. And he didn't mean that, but he wasn't letting God be compassionate through him. He wasn't letting the Holy Spirit work through him. But we all affect people in many different ways. There's a song we're going to sing at the end, and it's this one. How many of you know Jesus Loves Me song? 
All right, we're going to stand, we're going to sing this, and you might well, why are we going to sing this? Jesus loves us enough. Not only did he die to save us, he loves us enough to use us to help everybody else. Two greatest commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbors yourself, which is anybody around you. So, let's sing this one with me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me still today, walking with me on my way, wanting as a friend to give light and love to all who live. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, he will stay close beside me all the way. Thou hast bled and died for me, I will henceforth live for thee. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible. Bible tells me so. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you with all our hearts that you loved us enough not only to send your Son to die for us, to rise again, to promise us eternal life in heaven, but you also, Father, want to use us to complete and fulfill your will upon this earth. Your will to love you and the will to love the people around us. Our Heavenly Father, we just pray that when you're an angel or your spirit comes to us and says to us to do something, we'll just do it. When we believe, Father, that you're speaking to our hearts, then help us to go on and, and take care of the task. Help us to look at people, Lord, and realize that you need us to help them, for you to help them. We're not helping them. We are just the messenger. And we will give them a message, and your spirit in us will open their hearts to that message. And it can change their lives and help them in many ways. There are people, Lord, that want to give up on life. They want to give up on you. 
We are there, Lord, to encourage them to persevere, to go on, to hang in there with you. And you, Father, will be there for them. These are some of the things you have given us to do, Lord. We just ask to Heavenly Father that we will fulfill your will in our life, which is use our abilities and gifts that you have given us to help those in need, whatever that need is. And their greatest need is to love you with all their heart, soul, and mind. To help us to be like Zachariah and Elizabeth, not looking at what we can do because they were old and couldn't have children, but look at what you could do. May we be like Mary and Joseph, knowing your word, so when we hear something, we know it's from you. May we be like the shepherds, Lord, who are so excited about the Messiah coming. We will let other people know. That's what you want for us this Christmas time. And man, Father, right now, people are thinking about Jesus, whether they want to or not. It's, it's the time of Christmas, the time of our Savior's birth. People are open now more than ever for the help only you can give. Make us servants to serve you this time and how you've gifted us and the opportunities you'll bring to us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.